Welcome to day 43 of the story that changes everything. Our readings for today are Numbers chapters 7 through 9. Here's some thoughts to guide your reading for today. I probably should have only given us two chapters to read today because chapter 7 of Numbers is the longest chapter in the Bible behind Psalm 119. However, you'll be forgiven if you skip through it without reading every word carefully. If you're paying attention, it will only take you a few verses to pick up the pattern of the whole chapter. Each paragraph begins with the name of one of the 12 tribes and then names the tribal leader bringing their gift to Moses and setting it before the altar. What is clear quickly is that each tribe brings the exact same gift, and rather than just stating that fact, the chapter cuts and pastes the details of the offering from the tribes. There are a couple of things to consider here. The first is how important it is to the text that every tribe is listed. These gifts, meant to make the journey of the tribes and the tabernacle possible, are shared by every single tribe. It reminds me a little bit of conversations I sometimes can get into with pastors in my own denomination. When you're part of a denomination, you have budgets or gifts that you give back to your denomination to support all of the various ministries. And sometimes pastors can complain about that and start talking about that as a kind of tax that we have to pay or perhaps a franchise fee. And we start to wonder exactly what are we getting for this? But it dawned on me in one of those conversations a few years ago that these aren't taxes or franchise fees. These are the costs of being family. In fact, I said to the group, you know, I never total up what my children have cost me because I don't really want to know. I know it's a lot, but sometimes they're just the cost of being family. And in this text, every tribe contributes because that's the cost of being family. But there is a second point, and that is that the gifts are all equal. When individuals, families, or tribes tithe, it's based on the principle of equal sacrifice rather than equal gifts, but here the gifts are all equal, which means that large tribes like Judah or Ephraim are giving the exact same gift as Zebulun or Naphtali. Here, it seems clear that the text wants us to see that they all have an equal stake in this journey, and that no matter how big or powerful the tribe might be, and in the future, no matter how small or large the descendants of those tribes might be, they all know they had an equal stake in what God was doing in bringing them into the promised land. Chapter 8 deals with the purification and preparation of the Levites. We've had several chapters now in Leviticus and Numbers that have dealt with the preparing of both the priests and the Levites. Do they really need that much preparation? Now, I have to say, I'm still a little bit biased on this, that traditionally, the longest of all the master's degrees has been the Master of Divinity degree, the degree meant to prepare ministers. And I couldn't help but read this chapter and think, yeah, it's important that those who are serving the people and serving God must be fully prepared. When I go to a doctor, usually I look and make sure there's all kinds of certificates on the wall. And if we care about the preparation of those who care for our bodies, we should probably care about the preparation of those who care for our souls as well. In chapter 9, the people observe the Passover, only now not as a people in bondage, but as a people who can look back and remember God's deliverance. What is interesting in the text is the grace of God that makes provision for those unclean when the Passover takes place. God makes a way so that they can just catch up next month. However, not 
everybody gets a Passover do-over or makeup date, there's a discernment between those who didn't pay attention and those who weren't able to participate. The chapter ends with a description of how God's pillar of cloud will lead them through the wilderness. There's still a chapter left before the journey actually begins, but a little like playing that children's game, red light, green light, the cloud will lead them through the journey, telling them when to stop and camp and when to get up and go. This chapter made me wish I had had a pillar of cloud in my life to discern those moments when I'm supposed to stay and when I'm supposed to go. We don't usually have pillars of cloud or fire to guide us, but we do have the community of faith to help us discern the movement of the Spirit, and we have the Word of God to help guide us as well. So read the scriptures for today carefully, paying attention to what the Spirit might say to you through them. Journal your thoughts, your prayers, and your questions, and give generously, prepare diligently, and discern carefully the leading of the God who is so often on the move. Our readings for tomorrow are Numbers 10 through 12 and the latter half of Psalm 18, verses 25 through 51. I'll talk to you tomorrow.